Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The only thing necessary for evil to prevail is that good men and women do nothing. I am simply a mouthpiece for good men and women around the world who want to make a difference. The engagement and the involvement of ordinary people is what is going to change our criminal justice system. Many have tried and failed. But the only difference between them and me is I'm bringing an army with me. This is Truth and Justice. This is a collect call from Jesse Eldridge. An offender at Hughes Unit. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Claiming to be that I was an angel, I'm telling you, I'm, I didn't get up one Thursday morning and go out and murder some woman and then go about life as usual. Breaking news out of South Dallas. There's been another murder in Pleasant Grove this morning. Authorities say a woman in her mid-50s was found in the ground. Basically, my father told me to stay out of it. Me and Troy, my brother, the one that put me here, him and I were hanging out together. Uh, I was 28 years old. Did you kill Kiao Go? No, sir, I didn't kill Kiago. I'm a very tired man. <laughs> Let me tell you, buddy, I am very tired. I would just like to live my life. I would just like to be able to live my life. As simple as that. I'd like to be able to hold my grandson. I'd like to be able to hold my wife without some guards on my shoulder. Welcome to season three of Truth and Justice. In this season, we will be exploring and investigating a brand new case with a brand new cast of characters, a new victim, new families, new suspects, and another person who has been tragically wrongfully convicted. 
as this season progresses, we will all work together in real time to reinvestigate the case, uncover the truth, and bring real justice to both the victim and the man who has been wrongfully locked away in prison for the last 23 years. Prepare yourself to engage. Every one of you listening has a field of expertise, a skill set, or resources that we will use to help solve this murder. And it's time to be a part of the change. In this season, we will be exploring a case out of South Dallas, Texas. The case was a murder, and it took place in the Pleasant Grove area on the grounds of Grady Spruce High School. And 26 years later, it's time to finally find out who killed Kiao Go. In the mid-1960s, the United States was sending its first troops to Vietnam. A man by the name of Kenneth Gove was one of these soldiers. While serving in Vietnam in 1969, Kenneth met a beautiful woman named Kiao in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It was love at first sight. Less than two years later, on Christmas Eve in 1971, Kenneth and Kiao were married. Not long after that, they were blessed with a bouncing baby boy, Kirby. Kenneth, Kiao, and Kirby lived in Asia until 1975. And on the 4th of July, 1975, they all packed up and moved to the United States. They bought their first house on Grady Lane in an area of Dallas known as Pleasant Grove. In the mid-70s, this neighborhood was a nice suburban middle-class neighborhood. And at the heart of the neighborhood was Grady Spruce High School. Spruce High School's grounds occupied a city block in Pleasant Grove. And the Gove's modest home bordered the high school grounds. Kenneth and Kiao were starting a new life, along with their now two-year-old son, Kirby. Kenneth took a job at Temco Roofing, and Kiao started work in the high school cafeteria, which was right across the street. They were living the American dream. Kiao had always been a very fit woman. She loved the outdoors, and she loved to walk. According to Kenneth, Kiao walked so much that she couldn't always find someone to walk with her. She loved to walk around Spruce High School, it was exactly one mile to walk from her front door and around the school grounds and back into the house. Kenneth says that some days she would walk three, four, five, even six times around the grounds. Walking was Kiao's favorite way to pass the time. She was a quiet woman who pretty much kept to herself. During the school year, she would get off of work at 2 p.m., then walk a few laps, and then wait for Kenneth to come home so that they could go for another walk. This was their routine. In the summertime when school was out, 
Kia would walk first thing in the morning, oftentimes throughout the day, and then again when Kenneth would arrive home. But over the course of 15 years, the Pleasant Grove neighborhood was quickly deteriorating. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm told that in 1991, that it was, quote, not that bad, but you wouldn't want to go out at night. And the neighborhood certainly hasn't gotten any better since then. Small, nice little ranch house. Everything seems to have a fence. Dude, look, there's bars on everybody's windows. Look. That house has bars. This house has bars. Bars. I'm guessing it's not the best neighborhood. The neighborhood surrounding Spruce High School now is a scary place to be. When Mike and I were in the neighborhood, we stopped by a local firehouse. The guys at the station were very helpful and told me which houses not to go to for fear of getting shot. But back in 1991, the neighborhood was still considered to be relatively safe as long as the sun was up. And with that being the case, Kiao continued to keep with the routine of walking several miles every day. But on a Thursday morning, July 25th, 1991, tragedy struck. Kiao Gove wasn't much of a sleeper. She had a habit of staying up late and waking up early. At midnight of July 24, 1991, she said goodnight to her son Kirby and retired to her bedroom. That was the last time Kirby ever saw his mother alive. The next morning, she was out of bed by 5 a.m. Her husband Ken got up at 5.30 as usual. He says that it was Kiao's routine to always be up about a half an hour before him. Kenneth spent the morning going through his usual routine, drinking coffee, taking a shower, and getting dressed for work. It's 6.20 in the morning. With Kirby still in his bed fast asleep, Kenneth kissed his wife Kiao goodbye. For the last time. Thank you. 
He says that that morning was just like any other morning. When he was leaving for work, Kiao was exercising on her solar flex. Leading up to this day, Kenneth had began to become weary about Kiao walking by herself. Not overly concerned, but certainly cautious. Kenneth says that he cautioned Kiao a number of times that it was better to walk with someone than alone. But he said that Kiao was a very independent woman, and she wasn't about to let that break up a routine. And she certainly wasn't going to miss her morning walks. She had walked around that school every day since 1976. Kenneth conceded that Kiao was not going to stop her walks, but he did always warn her that when she walked, she should always wear a loose-fitting walking suit, no makeup, no handbag. Don't give anybody an excuse for pulling something, he would say. This request, Kiao had no problem with. And on that Thursday morning, shortly after Kenneth left for work, it's believed that Kiao did put on a loose-fitting walking suit and leave her house for her morning walk right at dawn. The sun had come up, but it still wasn't exactly daylight. She left her house, and no one knows for sure which direction she went. But we do know where her walk came to a tragic end. Around 7.30 a.m. that Thursday morning, a man named Danny Stanberry let his dogs out the back door to go to the bathroom. Stanberry actually lived on Mark Street, which is one street over from September Road, but his backyard bordered on September. His backyard, like all of the houses on that street, was surrounded by a fence. He let his dogs out and went back into the house, but heard the dogs barking wildly and went out to investigate. According to the police reports, Stanberry looked out the backyard and could see a woman laying on the grounds of Spruce High School in an open field. He says that she was on her back with her knees up in the air. He quickly ran to the woman to see what was wrong, and when he got to her, he found Kiel Gove lying on the ground with a cut on her head and blood coming from her middle section and her mouth. Stanberry says that her eyes were open and he was trying to talk to her, but Kiao wasn't responding. After just a few seconds, Stanberry ran back across the street into his house where he called 911. Once he got off the phone with the emergency dispatcher, he grabbed a blanket and went back across the street to Kiao. He didn't know what else to do, so he covered her with a blanket and waited for the paramedics to arrive. The first to arrive on the scene was paramedic Greg Clark. The entire perimeter of the Spruce High School grounds was protected by a chain-link fence, with only a few breaks in the fence where people could walk through it. Clark says that as he remembers it, Kiao was laying about 25 yards inside the fence, near one of those openings. Once he got to her, 
he removed the blanket and began to assess Kiao. Clark says that Kiao had no pulse and no blood pressure upon his arrival. He describes her as unresponsive, which in the EMS world means she wasn't breathing. Clark also noted something that's very odd. He said that he noticed a large, what appeared to be kitchen knife in Kiao's right hand. Given Kiao's critical condition, Clark and his partners took the knife out of her hand, put her on a stretcher, and quickly loaded her into the ambulance, where they transported her to the Southwestern Medical Institute. Between the time of the arrival of the paramedics and the removal of Kiao's lifeless body, a squad car arrived on scene with three officers. In the car was Sergeant Welch, Officer Williams, and a trainee officer named Kevin Marco. At trial, Marco said that Kiao was still breathing when he arrived, but that recollection directly conflicts with what the paramedics said. Marco says that he could see Kiao's chest moving barely. This could just be him misremembering, or given that Kiao had no blood pressure and no pulse, he could have been witnessing what's known in the EMS world as agonal respirations. These are breaths triggered by your nervous system after you've already passed away. According to Marco, everything happened very quickly in those first few moments. Imagine a period of less than five minutes, with paramedics arriving on scene, quickly assessing Kiao, loading her onto a backboard, putting her in the ambulance, and driving away with lights and sirens on. That quickly, it was over. From that point, police taped off the scene and began their investigation. Every inch of September Road was scoured for evidence, up and down each side of the fence. And very little was found. A hair on a fence post and possibly some blood. And let's not forget about that knife. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. While the officers were still on the scene investigating, Kiao was pronounced dead at the hospital. At 53 years old, a kind woman born in Thailand, a wife, a mother, the pastry chef at the local high school, had been murdered. A senseless act. Kiao was not sexually assaulted. The only items she had on her of value were a cheap wristwatch and a diamond ring. And upon the police arrival, the watch was still on her wrist and the diamond ring was still on her finger. 
The only thing missing was her keys. She had locked the house when she left and had taken her keys with her, as was her habit. Other than that, police could find no motive in this brutal killing. And to be honest, neither can I. At least not any obvious motive. As the morning progressed, around 8.30 a.m., Detective K.W. Royster called Kenneth's work and left a message for him that the Dallas police needed to talk to him. After Kenneth received the call, he called the house and talked to Kirby. Kenneth had an employee who had apparently had a drug problem and had missed work that day. He believed the call was about that employee. But at 9.25 a.m., Detective Royster, along with Officer Davidson, arrived at Temco and advised Kenneth Gove that his wife had been murdered. Over the next few hours, Kenneth was asked to go to Royster's office, where Royster would obtain a photo of Kiao from the ME in order for Kenneth to identify her body. Kenneth and Kiao's son Kirby didn't find out that his mother had been killed until around noon that day, when officers Davidson and Hovey went to his house and broke the news to him. Kirby was at home alone. The attack on Kiao Go was not only brutal, but disorganized and almost nonsensical. Remember, Kiao left her house with nothing on her of value except for the diamond ring on her finger, which wasn't taken. She was wearing a loose-fitting walking suit and at 53 years old was doing nothing to draw attention to herself. She had walked around that block, no doubt, thousands of times over the previous 15 years. Everyone in the neighborhood was used to seeing Kiao walk. So why this morning was she so brutally attacked? Kiao's autopsy report shows 20 injuries. We'll start from behind Kiao, and these are in no particular order. Kiao has a cut on the top of her head, and she also has a penetrating stab wound to the back of her head. She was stabbed deeply in the back five times. She also had a four and a half inch deep stab wound to her left buttock that was stabbed into her at an upward angle, and another stab wound on her left hamstring. She also had what's described as a cut on the back of her left hand. On the front of Kiao's body, she had a massive cut or laceration to her right cheek. That would be the cut that Danny Stanberry noticed when he saw Kiao laying on the ground. She was stabbed deeply four times in the chest. Two of the stab wounds were close together, but at different angles, near the center of her upper chest. One of the stab wounds was near the center of the chest, just right of center at about the nipple line, and the fourth was at a completely different angle, below her right breast. On her upper left chest, she had two contusions and abrasions. And on the upper right side of her abdomen, she had another stab wound and a scratch. 
There was also an abrasion to the front of her left hip and a cut or laceration on the palm of her right hand at the base of her thumb. This was the hand that she was holding the knife in when her body was found. In total, Kiao suffered 13 stab wounds, 4 cuts, 2 contusions, and 3 abrasions. The wounds cover the circumference of her body and range from the top of her head to the middle of her thigh. Ten of these stab wounds most likely would have been fatal. The attack was erratic and shows evidence of severe overkill. Just one of these stab wounds could have ended Kiao's life. One wound to take note of is the stab wound to the back of her head. Clearly the killer didn't think this through. The knife blade obviously was stopped by Kiao's skull, which makes this seem like a very unlikely place to attack. But unfortunately, we have no way of knowing in what order these wounds were inflicted on Kiao. But regardless, the end result was what had to be a terrifying and painful death. In the days following her murder, police canvassed the area. Police received a lot of tips in those days following, but nothing ever seemed to pan out. To this day, I would still say that the murder of Kiao Gove is still a mystery. As you'll hear in the coming weeks and months, the man who was arrested for her murder is an extremely unlikely suspect. And after investigating this case for the last three months, I don't believe that there is any chance that Jesse Eldridge is the man who murdered Kiao. The circumstances that led to Jesse's arrest are tragic and mirror a modern-day Cain and Abel story. This case was brought to us by the Innocence Project of Texas because they need your help. They need the power that comes with a massive audience who possess every skill set imaginable and possibly even more importantly, have the reach to find the person that knows something. Someone out there knows who killed Kiao Gove. That someone may be your neighbor, your co-worker, your employee, or a family member's cellmate. As we progress through this third season of Truth and Justice, I'm going to ask every one of you to share this case with everyone you know, especially anyone you know who may have resided in the Pleasant Grove or South Dallas area in the early 90s. If we're going to solve this murder, we're going to have to do it together. And before I leave you today, there's one burning question that I need help answering. Exactly one week to the day after Kiao was murdered, Kenneth Gove walked out to his mailbox to check for the day's mail, and inside he found Kiao's keys. Her keys had been taken from her by the murderer the morning she was killed, and for reasons that continue to baffle me, the keys were returned one week later. And that's the first question that we need an answer to. Who put those keys back in the Gove's mailbox? And ultimately, who killed Kiao? Truth and Justice is a production of New Beginning Incorporated. Our executive producer is Mike Bussing. 
All of the music for the show is created by PutThemInASong.com. I'd like to thank Tate Krupa for designing and creating our logo. Thank you to our transcription team, Sarah Hoyt, Sarah Mueller, and Desiree Dunn for transcribing all of the episodes. I also want to thank Chris Brinkley of SylviaConsultants.com, who is in the process now of redesigning our website, where all of the transcripts will be available to you. As the case moves on, please visit our website, TruthAndJusticePod.com, to review all the case documents and photos for each episode. We have a long road to hoe with this case, and we're still currently waiting on a couple of open records requests that hopefully will shed some light. If you have any information about the case, or about anyone involved in this case, or just want to send us your thoughts, theories, and ideas, email us at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. Don't forget that on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Times, throughout this season, we will be taking calls from all of you for the Friday follow-up episodes. And again, you can also send your questions into our email address, like the Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter, at TruthJusticePod. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice.